Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, season five, episode six, for Sunday, June 6, 2021. I'm Jason. That's me. Yo, what's up? Um, so we're filming this on a Saturday. We normally film this Sunday and release on Sunday. Lately, it's been like super late Sunday night because I'm slow. But there's a possibility that Neil may have to go into his real work tomorrow. So we have to do this a day early. Yeah, I do have some work to have to do, unfortunately. So uh, I asked Jason if today was okay, and he said, "Yep, no problem." So, so we don't yeah. have we don't have the benefit of Saturday night hockey, which sometimes can be a lot of things. Like there's only two games on tonight, but a lot of news gets released. Yes, that's on true. Saturday night, so we don't have access to the latest updates. Maybe so by the time this release releases, some of the stuff we're saying, and it may be out of date, may not be, but. A lot of this podcast is going to be just us having a discussion, so absolutely, it shouldn't really affect too much. So, and it, like you said, it is Saturday, but it's around two p.m. our time, so none of the games have even started. That's yet. right. So, there's this, so much to discuss. This is the biggest pages of notes I've ever had for this podcast. There's ten pages. There's ten here. of them. Normally, it's two to four. And I just have to applaud you for going through. <laughs> I, had, I literally added nothing to these notes. No, I started I, early in the week, and I was like, I'm just going to stay on topic because that was the original plan of our shared document was. When you hear something, just throw it in there, and then you remember, and then you can fill it out later if you want to. Yeah. So I, I I was doing good this week with and that. I have not been doing good since we started this podcast back up. I apologize, and no, I thank right. you for absolutely destroying these notes in a no. good way. So we're going to go through a lot today. For the people on the audio listener, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to put the topics in the description with the time code on them. Oh, because okay. this, I don't know if this one's going to be extra long. Probably. I could say that and then it could end up being short. We could just fly right through this. I don't want to say it's going to be long, but it has the potential of being long. It does, yeah. So I will put in the topics and the time codes on the audio side of things, which we've never done before. And on YouTube, I'll probably put it in the description so that the bar splits up. That's awesome. Based on that. I like that. I like when channels do that. I don't do that. And then if we do sub clips, I might remove those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I probably wouldn't. Anyway, sub clips, I'm not even thinking about that right now. So... I want to start off with, okay, before we get into the podcast, is there anything on a personal nature you want to get into? Uh, on a personal nature, I don't think so. I may have, I may have personal things to talk about next weekend. Okay. But I don't think, I don't think right now. Okay. I think it's too early. I don't think I do either, so yeah. I think we're good to jump right in. News of the week, let's jump right in. The biggest story of the week, obviously the Mark Shifley suspension. Yes, for you visual uh, YouTube people. I got the Shifley uh, jersey in the background there. So I'm sure everyone here is aware there may be like five people that aren't. But Neil released two videos on this topic. I did. Actually, within 24 videos. hours of yeah. each other. Interesting decision. By so myself. <laughs> I don't watch? know. I don't know if it's 35 minutes or 40 minutes, but combined, it's probably close to. Yeah, it's probably about 35 minutes of yeah. the kind of discussion. Did you watch them? I did. Okay, good. And I told you on a chat that I was like, this is going to be the first time I disagree with you yep. because I just read your topic and it was like, you changed your mind. And I was like, I'm not changing my mind. I, that was a dirty hit. Yeah. Now, it sucks because I kind of agree with your video in a way. Like, But it, the, the, we'll get into this. I don't want to just talk about your video because... We will talk about the video, but let's... Okay, so... You, you do you. You preface it or whatever. So basically... The four games... Okay, but let's talk about the suspension first. What do you think about the four games? Uh, I thought it was perfect... I thought it was perfect as well. I thought this was one of the rare times the Department of Player Safety got it right. And if everything could be based on relative to this, things would be much better. Yeah, I, I think I said in my, I think it was the second video near the end or possibly in the middle. No, you said you think he's going to get two, maybe four. Yeah, I was thinking like two to four. I thought two like because. I, but I originally thought eight in the first video that I yeah. made because I was pretty emotional. I never ever thought eight. I thought but, two. 
and now that I like I th- approached it logically, two to four seems very reasonable to me. So I thought four was again very reasonable. So and I think four. I have this in my notes later. Uh, now I'm not gonna jump ahead. Um, so I'm gonna give you my thoughts on it, and then we'll yes, talk please. about it after. So you've probably heard him already. If you haven't, I don't have to tell you. He's got two videos on his channel. Go <laughs> check him out, and he'll probably talk about some of them after I'm done. I will actually have more things to say that I should have said in the second. Okay. Video. So first off. This topic absolutely exploded on social media. So if you're on Twitter or YouTube or anything like that. It was a firestorm. It was a firestorm. It was literally absolutely insane. And I have in my notes that it was in a, it was everyone had their own opinion and it was black or white. Oh, yeah. There was no gray area. Was, everyone was either throw the book at this guy. This was a dirty play. It doesn't matter that he's you know a good player and he has no prior history. Yeah. We got to take that hit out of the game. And then you have the other group of people that are like, Evan should have had his head up and he was making a hockey play trying to prevent a goal. I can't remember a play that's been so black and white like that. So polarizing. I just. But you know what's the bad part is I'm in the gray area. I am now, too. Now that I like thought like I have, thought o- I have always time. been in the gray area, though. Like when I when that hit happened, I sent you a message right away. I said brutal. That's yeah. all I said. And you were you were pissed. Nah, and you wrote me back and he's like, dude, I am pissed. And I, I wasn't pissed. Like, I got no skin in the game. That's not, that's not my team. Like, now, if that was, like, a guy hitting, like, Bergeron or something like that, yeah, I probably yeah. would have been pretty pissed, too. But I, I think I wasn't even really necessarily pissed at Shifley. I think I came across that way, obviously, in the first video. But I was I was pissed at the situation. I was pissed that for the second time in two weeks, I'm sitting here potentially watching someone die on the ice. Yep. And that, it just, it just, it just affected me. I don't know why it did, but it was just really hard, difficult for me to watch. And Carlo had a close encounter... In the third game in the Boston series, too, he did. He kind of stumbled and got up. And, like it wasn't as bad. It could have been worse, but he kind of got his head knocked in the boards. He was and trying to get up, but so he we've just had couldn't. we've had three so. people with kind of yeah. And Carlo's out now, and he's probably not playing tonight. Yeah, I actually thought that that hit was okay. The Carlo hit, yeah. Oh yeah, totally fine. Yeah. It's just he hit his head on the glass or the yeah, and has when he went prior in. history, I believe. Yeah, he does. Okay. So yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. Was like, wow, this is a crap storm. This is. Very one-sided on both sides, so we're gonna take heat today. It I, doesn't I, matter. What I, say. I understand that. Like, yeah, there's they're... gonna be people in these comments that are absolutely ragging on us, and there's gonna be people that agree with us. And unfortunately, I'm one of the people in life that tries not to have people that don't like me. Like, I try to. Yeah, that's normal. This is an issue where people are gonna take game with what I get to say because mm-hmm. of their own opinion, and that's fine. You can have your own opinion, but please, ha- please have your own opinion. Just do, just leave it respectfully. Once you start to name call and do all all that other stuff. It just removes like the the validity from your argument because you're taking the easy road, uh, route, yeah. making fun of someone. Like, if you want someone to take you seriously and take your opinion seriously, be respectful about it. Be logical. Come across as a lawyer as much as you can, and people will take you seriously. Like, it's, that seems silly, but like it's, tr- it's the truth. Like, social media is getting, and I, I'm including YouTube when I say this because it's, you know it's comments. Any place that online you comment is a social media because that's what it is, and it it's always been bad. Like, I guess when the internet first came out. Like, we're old now. When the internet first came out, it was different. Like, people weren't like that. No, they weren't. And now it's like that because, you know, you can say whatever you want. It's, it's been like that for a long time, but it is getting worse. Like, did you see the picture today that Marc-Andre Fleury's wife put out? No. So his five-year-old daughter, I believe, maybe it was, I don't think it was a son, five-year-old kid, drew a picture of him. I did see that picture. Yeah, and it said, save all the goals, whatever, and he had a picture of him in the net. Yep. The, did you read the comments on that no, picture? I didn't. It was like... Flurry's wife's just looking for attention, so she tweets this picture out. <laughs> yeah, well, your dad still lost the game, couldn't stop the puck. Oh, well, well this, what? Like, they were, there was not a positive thing about the five year old drawing crazy. that picture. I think 
There's a difference between chirping and trolling. Like how many people on Facebook will post pictures of their kids or funny things their kids do or anything? Like people people will go to a store and say, hey, I'm going into the store. Look what I got. And post a picture of a shirt or something. Like there's people on Facebook that literally post everything they do in their real life. Yeah. And then Flurry's child, I, I think it's a daughter, but I don't, I'm not sure for sure, takes that, makes that picture and the mom's like proud of it. Like, hey, look at this. Puts it out there and she's getting hate for it because she's attention seeking. Yeah. Like, seriously. And that's kind of what we're dealing with on this issue, too. Like, it's just like people don't care anymore. Like, Keyboard warriors. Totally. Yeah. Um, I thought that I already said this, but I, I thought the four game suspension was appropriate. Yep. I said NHL does not want these type of hits in the game. It was predatory. It was unnecessary. I think unnecessary is the biggest word yes. I have. Is This hit did not need to happen. Exactly. And this hit would not happen in the regular season. Yes. This is would. a playoff hit. Yes. 100%. I agree. Yep. Um, and then this, the, I had this written down before I watched your video. But it's kind of what you said in the video. And it's what Department of Player Safety actually said too. Shifley didn't try to play the puck. It was so obvious. Like, I even posted a picture in the game chat on our Discord when it happened. And it was one of the ones that you said in your second video that was the most important where Evans is still coming around the net with a puck on a stick and Shifley's got his eyes locked on the player and yep. not on. And when you actually watch that whole sequence back, Shifley stops skating well in advance of getting to the net. He does. So it's almost like it's almost like he knows he has to stop skating at that point if he's going to lay the hit. So I think by then he's already playing to lay the hit. Yeah. And I actually think if he would have skated as hard as he could, he might have been able to stop that puck. Absolutely. 100%. If he had to like continue he, to skate. Because he blew by number four, whoever number four I is. I, don't, I think it was Ehlers. Okay, it might have been. Whoever was there, he blew by them. Yeah. And it's like in your, the hit is three quarters of the way done and that number four is still skating trying to get that puck. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like... I don't know. And Shifley was frustrated all game. It was obvious. Yeah, he, he was. just had a bad night, and it, it just didn't go well for him. So, in terms of the hit, you're probably right. It's probably a clean hit. And Paul Maurice came out yesterday and was defending him, saying, "Listen, I know it was a hard, hard, hard hit. There's no doubt about it. And it is a hard hit. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, didn't leave the skates. I don't know. He. Here's the thing. I think." When you say this was a clean hit, people think you're talking about the entire situation. I don't think the entire situation was clean. No, it's not. I think the actual physical part of the hit. Yes. Where he laid the hit in the top of the shoulder uh, and didn't leave his feet. I think the physical part of the hit was not dirty. But the charging part. But up, the charging yes. part. The and that's the what they nailed up, him the for. The decision. That was the dirty part. That was the unnecessary part. And that's what I have a problem with. Yes. And unnecessary. And he could have potentially stopped the goal if yes. he just would have kept skating because he was flying. Exactly. And Ehlers, this is the thing, or not Ehlers. The thing I have an issue about Evans is I think Evans knew he was there because when he comes down the left boards by himself and he starts taking that first round in the corner, he does the flick head to the he right. Does, yeah. He sees who's coming on him and he's just thinking, all right, I'm ahead of them. I'm putting this in. He doesn't expect the hit because you know, he, he thinks he's ahead of it. And like I said, keep your head up. And this and is a, this is a relatively young guy too, in terms of in the league. Like he's that's correct. He's twenty five, and he ha- he and has one head injury before. Is that true, or one bad hit or fifth something? Concussion. I've oh mistaken. wow, at least four, at least his fourth. So on that point of view, he needs to learn a lesson here. Exactly, and that that's that's the problem that people have a comment with either you saying keep your head up. We're not saying that and victim blaming. That is not no, what this, this is, is about. This, this is, is on the players. No, okay, nothing will change. Unless the players of the NHL actually decide to not lay those hits anymore. And they don't want it to change. And they, and some of them don't want it to change. So keep your head up isn't 
saying, oh, watch out, you're going to get hit. It's it's not about the fans. It's about the other players. Like you have to you have to understand that the game of hockey hasn't changed to the point where those hits aren't out of the game. And it's not on us. It's on the players. So the rest of the players, you have to keep your head up. But like yeah. that's, that's not an offensive saying. It's just it's just reality. It's just life. And it's and another thing is it's hard to believe that a player can make it to the NHL without knowing to keep their head up. Yeah. Like he has to know that. He does know that. He looked to see who was coming when he rounded the boards. Like it's just a quick little mm-hmm. and then he just thinks he's ahead of it and he has time. And, and, this, and he ends up not having time. That's not even a hockey thing. Like that applies to football, lacrosse. Uh every, like every physical sport you could say that about. You need to be aware of your surroundings regardless of where you are on the ice. In the first video, I said maybe not in that situation. But then I backtracked on that. And then the second video, I said, you have to keep your head up everywhere on the ice. My thing was, he just wasn't expecting that hit at that time. No, he wasn't. And, and you could tell by the way his skates were that yeah. he didn't have a way to brace that hit either. Yeah, that was that's what made it really bad. Yeah. He didn't brace for it at all. So so it's not... If you if you look at the physical part of that hit, like you broke down from like pictures like six on or whatever, like mm. not the first part, that's not why he got suspended. Yeah. He got suspended for the entire thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I agree with it. And don't base it on other suspensions that have gone out. Base this on this is how it should be properly done. This is how like four games in the playoffs is a serious message. That's probably what, twelve games in the regular season or ten? Some people are saying it's two. Some people are saying it's one point five. Some people are saying it's three. It depends on what round it in. Yeah, We're in the I second guess. round. Shifley's a pretty important person on their team. No prior history. This is this is a huge punishment. So it's like two point five. So we'll make it 10, I guess. So, I mean, that's a lot of games. Yeah. That's a ton of games. So that's more than 10% in the season. And like I said, this is not a play that would happen in the season. No. This is definitely a playoff type hit because he comes, he starts striding from just in front of Carey Price all the way back as he should in the playoff game. But if he would have just went for the puck, he could have maybe stopped it. Maybe he couldn't have, but it would have been damn close. And at the very least, if he thought he was too late to save the goal, he could have avoided the hit. Yeah, or or hugged him. But he was something. like you said, he was frustrated he in was the game. Frustrated. You could tell it was intentional. Yeah, he wanted to hurt him. I don't know if the, I, there's. A, I think there's a difference between I want to hurt him and I want to injure him. Yes, of I don't course. Think, of course, players want to hurt each other. I don't think he wanted to. Why do you think people him. line up for the big hits? That's the entire point. You want to be. Yeah, you want to <laughs> like, want to cause some bruises. I mean, that's yeah, that's part of the thing. Uh, but there's one specific photo, and I think maybe it was you that posted it in our group chat on Discord. But it's a photo of him looking down at Evans right after he hit him, and his mouth is open. Oh, he's just like, he's like he's like what's going on? And that's the look of like, oh my god, did I just kill him? Yeah. And there's some other screenshots after that where he's looking in the distance and he looks a little crazy. Yeah. That first shot that or that first pic- picture that you even when he goes out the tunnel, he kind of comes back and he's looking out to see what's going on. Yeah. So I, I think I said near the end of my second video, if you're gonna forgive anyone in the NHL, I think Mark Scheifele is probably in the top five because he's he's genuinely a really good person. I think he just made a stupid mistake. Oh, 100%. So I, I forgive Mark Scheifele already. Well, some of the fans don't because... And, and that's fine. You, his maybe fa- never, but His family has gotten completely unacceptable bullying as a result of his hit. And by family, I mean his parents. <laughs> like, why? Like Back to the keyboard Twitter warriors. Why are you going after a player's family as if they had anything do, to so do with stupid. it? And uh, I looked at Mark Scheifele's Twitter... And he hadn't posted it since like maybe early April or something. It was a post that was completely unrelated to everything. And the comments section on his most recent post on Twitter, 
toxic. Wow. So toxic. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway. So anyway, what I've learned from the situation is I'm happy with the result. Some people obviously aren't. I'm hoping the people who thought they would throw the book at him realize that four games in the playoffs is pretty serious. Yeah. I mean, Montreal, we're going to get into it. Montreal is up 2 nothing now. And there's a possibility he's done for the year if they end this in five games or less. There may not be another game in Winnipeg. Because Montreal, there may not be. Because Montreal is but even if there is now. that one game in Winnipeg, he's not back for that game. That's correct. Yeah, you're right. So only if it goes to six or seven is he back. I will say this. Did you hear what Mike, Mark Scheifele said about the suspension? He thought it was excessive. He thought it was excessive. I didn't like that comment. But he's not so, going to appeal it at the same time. He's not going because to Because he doesn't it. want it to be a distra- distraction. That, that's correct. And I think that's that was a really good decision. I think excessive... Okay, th- here's what I think. I think four games is the right call. But I think it's fair for him to look at that and say it's ex- it's excessive. Because I think most people were thinking two to three. He's emotionally invested as well. Totally. And he feels a lot And his guilt. team needs him. Yes. So... so. Uh, I'm happy with this. I, I wish this could be the benchmark for how they issue their suspensions mm-hmm. instead of spinning that wheel every time. Mm-hmm. Like this is a pretty brutal hit. Lesser hits should be less. Anything egregiously worse should be more or similar type predatory hits should be the same. I agree. And he's also not a repeat offender, which is the factor right. as well. If he had been a repeat offender, this might have been eight. All right. So. Let's move on because we probably got enough haters in the comments already. Yeah. And like we said at the beginning, guys, if you disagree... Um, Go, Le- go, leave, go. Your, leave your opinion respectfully. That's all we ask. And if you disagree with us, go on his YouTube channel and leave the comments over there. Don't leave them on this one. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back into more positive news. The Buffalo Sabres have won the draft lottery. That's an odd sentence that you started with. In, in positive news, the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah. Haven't heard that in a while. So it's only the third time in the history that the number one pick... That's... What? Is that real? Yeah, so whoever is slated as first... Best odds. It's only happened three times. Since and I can't, when? Since, I don't know. It says history. That's what the, the notes I got. That's get. crazy. So, but how long has the draft lottery been around for? I don't know that uh, either. Since like 2011. Maybe, okay, so like it's only happened three times. So Toronto was one. Buffalo's one. I don't know who the third one was. I can't think off the top of my head. I have no idea. Maybe, uh, it wasn't New Jersey, I don't think. I don't know. I'm not but sure. anyway, yeah, I was really surprised by that. So I had to throw that in. So I'm going to ask you, Neil. Yeah. What does this mean for the Buffalo Sabres? Because they still have a lot of issues. Like, this helps. This is a positive note. The fans should be appreciative of this and be stoked for this. I mean, yeah. But this is not an immediate fix. This is a future fix. And they still have a lot of immediate problems right now, a.k.a. Jack Eichel, which I'll get into in a second. But just off the top of your head, what does this mean for Buffalo? The obviously, the obvious answer is, yeah, it helps Buffalo. But I'd, honestly, brutally, I don't think that much. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so many other... Issues, not even just positionally, not even just roster-wise, but like culturally. Oh, yes. So I don't really... And also, this is a weak draft compared to the last couple of incredible drafts that we've had. Most people think they're going to go for that defenseman. I think his last name is Power or Powers. Yes. So they're probably getting a defenseman. Like, go for the best player? Sure, I agree with that. This is really good for Buffalo. Long-term, like you said, I think near the beginning. Like, long-term, this is good for Buffalo. But there's still so many other things that they need to fix, especially with the Jack Eichel thing. Okay, let's get into that. that. I just so his twelve weeks that we talked about on a couple podcasts ago are up. Um, he was he has revisited that conversation with the coaching staff and the the team GMs and stuff, and um, the team is still not comfortable giving him the surgery that he wants. 
They've they've announced that, have they? Yep, they said they're they're not comfortable with it, so they're not doing it right now. So apparently, according to reports, both the team and the player have spoken to the NHL and the NHLPA respectively about knowing what their rights are because this is going to get nasty. Okay, he's gone. He has to be gone. He's gone. Now the problem is, Jack Eichel's paid a lot of money, and a flat caps salary, which is not going to go up for probably five years now. It sounds like it's going to be hard to move a player like that. And number two, you're moving an injured player that wants a surgery that no one in the NHL has done before. So st- you're taking on that risk. I still don't think it's going to be that hard to move him. You don't think so? No, I think there's I think there's at least probably maybe eight to twelve teams that would just jump at the opportunity. See, I can only think of like five. I'm thinking like someone. And like, I don't know if they like Anaheim, a team that's kind of have have come down, starting to think about rebuilding. What was St. Louis? I don't know. I don't know about St. Louis. Like I think, player wise, he might fit in, but I don't know. Boston that's was a, in it for a while. It seemed like, but then the Taylor Hall thing is working out great, so I I don't think that's happening now. Plus, yeah. Boston couldn't afford him anyway. St. Louis is an interesting one, though. They'd have to do some cap. I think anybody's gonna have to do some yeah. cap thing, because nobody's got loads of money to spend except for Buffalo. <laughs> no, actually, not really, because they're paying Skinner an egregious amount of money. But basically, if they want to move this player, not only are they going to have to find someone that's willing to trade, but they're going to have to basically agree to do the the surgery that he wants. Yeah, and, and Boston you're probably not. would, but Taylor Hall is a likely <laughs> yeah, resign. Yeah, Taylor Hall's or sign in Boston. They're going to hope Taylor Hall signs for a discount, and there's no way they're signing Taylor Hall and then no acquiring uh, Jack. I Michael. think there's no way that he's unless they trade Taylor Hall for Jack. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way. So, I don't know. I Like, I was super stoked for Buffalo. Like, I was glad they got it. Like, they deserved it. I'm happy that they won. Like, the fans deserve it. I was rooting for Seattle, but... Uh, not me. Seattle went up to two. Yep, that's the other know. bullet. Is Seattle moved from two, or three to two, so that's cool. Yep. It sucks that this isn't a deep draft, but hopefully they'll get someone that... I think they're going to have a pretty decent team based on the uh, expansion draft anyway. I think you're right. So, yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for Buffalo, like, you know, kind of rag on them a little bit and stuff, but I really want to see this team transition into a competitive team. I want to see them make Dude, the Dude, their fans deserve it so much. They do. They do. And I, I really, really genuinely want to see them make the playoffs and improve and just get that monkey off their back. Yeah. Same with the Leafs in the first round losses. Like, I just I just want it to be over. I just want the meme to end in a way. Like, I'm, I enjoy the meme as a Canadiens fan, but at the same time, I just want to I have a lot you know of I mean? thoughts on the Leafs when we get into that. <laughs> Let's do it. My notes on the Leafs. We're not getting there yet, though. Okay. okay. Now, I want to get back to another suspension. Oh, the Reeves one, yes. Speaking of the benchmark being set for four. Yeah. This two, I don't agree with this two. You think it should be more? It should be more. He admitted in his hearing that he ripped a chunk of the guy's hair out. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people saying there was no blood on the ice. There was no hair on the ice. You can he admitted it. to doing it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's just, and the that coach, shouldn't be in hockey. The coach says, for me, he's one of the cleanest tough guys that's been in the, I've ever seen in the league in my 12 or 13 years. The cleanest tough guys. Like, what is a clean tough guy? <laughs> uh, anyone who pulls hair, I don't think should play the rest of that series. Yeah, like, like, go look at Ryan Graves' hair and see if there's like a big chunk out of missing out of it. Because apparently there is, and he admitted to it. That's, I don't know, yeah. I mean, maybe it was an accident, I guess, but maybe he's going to grab his helmet or something. I don't really know. I didn't look into the so, situation that much. I, I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself here because we are going to do a small recap on the series 
that mm-hmm. are ongoing right now. But since he's been suspended, I don't know. I think the team's doing better without him. I, I agree. I don't think they should. <laughs> I don't think the they should bring him back in. I, yeah, totally I don't know if agree. that's controversial or not, but I was wondering if you're going to go there because that's where I was thinking about going. So I'm glad we agree. I, I, I don't I, think they play him. I don't know if I, I. I was going to put it in my notes, and then I was like, I don't know if I want to go there because people might hate on that. But they're totally doing better without him, so leave him out. I agree. He, that it just becomes a distraction at that point. It becomes now, a, almost a liability. If possibly. things go downhill and you need some toughness injected, if something happens, bring him back. Yeah. But right now. Kadri's out. So yes. there's a, the, the questionable player on Colorado. Yes. Nazem Kadri. He could potentially do something where he, yeah, he might. Ryan Reeves go get him or whatever. Yeah. He's out. Maybe Reeves should be out too. Yeah. Just let the boys play. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So anyway, what do you what do you think about the two games? Yeah, I thought I thought I thought it could be a little bit more. I was looking for um, three. I thought it was going to be at least three. Not that one is like. Oh, one more. Big deal. That's 50% more. Whatever. I'll, I'll take one more. Three games in a seven-game potential yes. series? That's, that's Like I said, lot. when you set the benchmark with Shifley with four with no prior history, this one could have... I could have... You yep. know, one more game, would have. I would have been happy with that. Yep, totally agree. Okay, speaking of Kadri, I have an insane amount of notes about the Kadri. There's an entire page. There's uh, two pages of it. Holy crap. And the reason why I have so much of it is because if you listen to our podcast last week, we filmed a podcast the week before that that never came out. Yeah. And we talked about Kadri. We did. And I kind of said some stuff that I'm glad didn't come out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. I said, you you were asking me why Kadri got the eight games. And I said, because he's oh, Nazem Kadri. right. So I'm kind of glad that ne- the way I worded it didn't come out. But I still kind of agree with that a little bit. Um, So what, let's start off this from the beginning. Do you think eight games for Kadri is appropriate or it should have been less? Uh, I, I thought it was going to be less. I think he should have got five or six games. Yeah, I, I thought eight was... Eight playoff games is like you murdered someone. I don't like Kadri. Neither do I. And this is, what, the third time that he's done this in the playoffs? The third time in a row. I yes. Think in, in so they're trying to round. send him a message, which I'm okay with, Yes, I guess. But then when you look at Reeves getting two, it's like, what? I know, it just doesn't... It doesn't really equate. The scale this. is not linear, is my problem. Yeah. It seems like there's curves in there somewhere that I don't understand why... Sometimes it's less and sometimes it's more. Hmm. It's hard as a fan watching it, to know what's going to come out of them. And the NHL does a good job when they make these decisions to put out a video, narrated, explaining it. But it still don't make sense sometimes based on the decision of the amount of games and stuff. I have a question I want to ask you that I was going to write down. And I didn't, but I'm glad I remembered it. Okay, hit me. In pretty much every other league, it is the commissioner that assigns the suspensions. You're right, actually. It goes to the commissioner's office and Roger Goodell... Whoever, they decide you're getting this straight yeah. from the boss of the league. And someone commented that in my video because I think in the first one I was looking at a picture of Gary Bettman that I framed. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people said. Gary Bettman is hiding behind Shifley's. Yeah. A lot of people said, man, this guy's got a picture of Gary Bettman framed in his house. <laughs> Does that fact no one else is mentioning this? But <laughs> That picture has been up on the wall for how long? Oh, wow. Long time. A long time. Yep. But my my point is the people people were saying Gary Bettman has no say in what happens. And I think they forget that he does. He does. Because it was the Carlo situation, if I'm not yes. mistaken. So generally speaking, Gary Bettman wants a former player in that role because they technically have a different point of view because they are a player. Yeah. Now, I don't think George Peros is the best guy to have in there. Uh, no. I think you need to find... John's a pl- Like, I don't know. Like, same with that. I don't think that's a good one either. Like, you can't... You can't 
you can't have a goon in there and you can't just have a pure skill guy in there. It's got to be someone that was just like good at everything. So like say like Blake Wheeler down the road, he retires or or Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Someone um, someone that's just like respected. Yes. Someone who played the game the right way, understands both sides of the game because you know, he's got Marshan there, but yep. he's also a skill guy like someone who It needs be- to be someone like that. If you're going to have a player in there, it needs to be a pl- someone that the players and the fans can have confidence in to make the right decision. Yeah, someone who 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 has or could potentially have won the most sportsmanlike trophy. Word, and <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Word, it just felt I was thinking of Patrice, Patrice Bergeron yeah. and the most sportsmanlike, and oh, my heart fluttered a little bit there. <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to have George Peros in there, you may as well just have Gary Bettman doing it. Exactly, and that's what I was going to try and lead into. If, he, if George Peros makes a decision. It's going to go to Gary Bettman to look at it first before it gets released. And if Gary Bettman doesn't like it, he's going to say, hey, I don't like this. Change it. Right. At the end of the day, if he really doesn't like it. Which and that, he has done. And that was the Tom Wilson on Carlo. Yes. There was going to be no suspension for that. Yeah. George Peros looked at that and said, that's a hockey play. And Gary Bettman came in and said, nope, that's a bad look. We got to give him something. And he said seven games. Exactly. So, so we went from zero to seven based on the guy in charge of player safety and the commissioner. That's a huge gap right there, folks. Yeah. And going back to your point, what's the point of having George Peros in there? Why isn't the commissioner himself making the actual decision? Exactly. And, and I think it's okay to have a team in place. Sure. But you can still make the decision as the head of that team and the commissioner. How do you think Brendan Shanahan did when he was in there? Uh, better. Totally better. Better. For sure. And he was kind of a tougher player too on the ice. He, now that that was a really good example of a player who could wasn't just a tough guy, he could also skill. contribute offensively, totally. skill. So personality wise, I think that was a he made some bad decisions on some of his suspensions, but right. definitely better than George Peros, in my opinion. So as far as I'm concerned, if you can't get a player in there that I don't know what the word is, like embodies the the spirit of the game or just someone that played the right way, then it should just be the commissioner doing it in the first place. Yeah. And it's not just gonna be him, it's gonna be him and his team. Gary Bettman's a lawyer. Yeah. Like he he wrote up a friggin' 18 page draft about why he's upholding the cadre suspension, which I have two pages of right here. <laughs> we could have had that to begin with. Exactly. Yes. So I don't know. Anyway, it is it is uh it is an interesting situation, that's for sure. Okay, so getting back to Kadri, I don't know, went off on that tangent there, but <laughs> so I was thinking five or six games. I was in. I was in the I'm okay part. with eight. I'm not mad about eight. If I was a Colorado fan, maybe I'm okay, mad at eight. But like you said, this is the third playoff in a row. You got to send a message, which is kind of what they did with Wheeler. Mm. Repeat offender. I'm okay with it. He's not okay with it, obviously. So he appealed it to Gary Bettman, and Gary Bettman sat on it for a few days, and then you, you know what he pisses me off about this entire situation. And I don't like saying this. Nazem Kadri's a good player. He's a very good player. This doesn't need to happen, especially three years in a row. Nazem Kadri, he's he's, he's like a, a Marshawn, but worse. He yes. He's a guy that plays on the line, often goes over it, but his contract is like four point something million. This guy would be one of the most sought after players in the league if he would cut this garbage out. He is, he is the exact type of player, that the exact type of depth player that wins you a series. He's the type of player that Toronto needed when they got rid of him. Yeah, honestly. They it's like, what kind of a they... player do we need to bring in here? We need this. We need toughness. We need this. We need a good contract. We need skill. Yep. You just sent him out for nothing. And they had to because they didn't trust him. Exactly. Because they thought that he was going to cost him the series. And look what happened. They lost anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it again. And he did it again for a different so, team. So, f- 
they couldn't have won. Regardless no of what one they won did. in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I wanted to talk about the reasons why Bettman upheld the suspension because I think they're important because in a lot of cases he referenced Tom Wilson at the end of the regular season, not getting suspension for like mm. pile driving Panarin. Yes. He's like, wait a minute, this is a repeat offender. How come you're not trying to give him a lesson? And he explains why. He does explain why. He he talks about specifically. Because I don't know any of this. So no. Okay. I'm ready so for it. There are there are three quotes I want to talk about in regards to why he's upholding the suspension, and right. then two about directly comparing Kadri to Wilson, which Perfect. I thought was pretty interesting. Okay. So he says because the NHLPA and Mr. Kadri do not contest that the conduct in question violated uh, Playing Rule 48, which warranted supplement supplemental discipline. My analysis is limited to whether the eight-game suspension imposed by the Department of Player Safety is appropriate, example supported by clear and convincing evidence. For the reasons that follow, I find that it is. So he basically said, you're coming to me to appeal this decision because you think eight is too much, but you're admitting that what you did was worthy of suspension. Mm -hmm. So now it's my job to look at the evidence and determine whether this eight is too much or not enough, or actually he can add more if he wants to. Yeah, that's... I don't know if a lot of people know that, but... He could come back and say, mm, after I've looked at this, I think you should have 10. Yeah. So yeah, that, that doesn't usually happen, but he does have the power to do that. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So he says, the CBA does not prescribe a formulaic basis for the determination of appropriate supplementary discipline, which is why we spin the wheel every time. Yes. We don't know what's coming because there's no guide on what to do. There's no process. There's no process. It's, it, it's, 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 every, it's all situational. It's, and I know it has to be in a way, Yes. but it doesn't have to be in a way. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, it says, to the contrary, Article 18 embodies the recognition that each case is unique and must be decided on the basis of its own particular facts and circumstances, which is what you just said. You have to look at every case differently. You can, you can make comparisons, but it's not like every time someone gets suspended, it's directly re- relatable to someone else's suspension, so you can match it exactly. Yeah, it's not like there's categories set up ready so where you can just like kind of like, yeah, okay, like, this, is this falls this into category. B3, three games. Exactly. Yeah, check, a- check, check, three games. I don't think it could ever get to that point. No. But but you hope that, like I said, the person in charge of the player, I don't know why, but right here, <laughs> this spot here, the Department of Player Safety guy sitting right here because I keep pointing there. I don't even remember what I was going to say because I lost that, but whatever. I don't even care. Okay. Even Okay, sorry. Focus. All right. Even if I accept as true Mr. Kadri's contention that he did not intend to make head contact with Mr. Falk or to injure him, his actions were nonetheless, nonetheless reckless. True or false? Okay, read that again. <laughs> no, just say true. True. Okay. I was, no, I was distracted by it. It said Mr. Falk. Oh. Like, why are you calling a hockey player Mr. Falk? Because that's how Batman has to... Re- I know, but it's just odd. It really distracted me. Okay. It is no excuse to say that Mr. Falk was eligible to be hit. Mr. Kadri chose a poor angle of approach towards Mr. Falk, and to make matters worse, he delivered the check. He elevated his shoulder up, which he did. He went... He nailed him up like that. Yeah. Like. Uh, and into Mr. Folk's head, which was not necessary to deliver the check, which is true. Which is true, yeah. The force used was excessive and manifested a disregard for the safety of the opposing player. True. Part of that almost sounds like the wheeler, the, uh, the, the Shifley hit. Well, you're saying this, yeah, because Shifley did bend down and he did come up. And uh, the momentum, the weight shift when yep. he came up is what really... And Evan's not preparing for the hit is what made it look really bad. And so there's a bit of that in here. And that's an interesting quote. The force used was excessive. Yes. Like you did not need to crush this guy. Exactly. You could have gave him 75% of that power and he still would have ended up on his butt. <laughs> yeah. And hurt. Okay. So 
I want to get into the Tom Wilson direct comparisons now because I thought this was actually kind of interesting. And I thought it was interesting by Kadri to try to use Tom Wilson as a tactic mm. to say, hey, look at this guy. Why are you picking on me? <laughs> so he said, this is Gary Batman. He said, I am not persuaded by the NHLPA's argument that the disciplinary records of Wilson, Gudas, Marchand, or Ronaldo illustrate the concept that if a player plays clean for a given amount of time, he shall not be considered a player who repeatedly violates the league playing rules under Article 18.2, which is interesting. That's so really he is dismissing the fact that, hey, if you play for a while, you get clean, kind of. But the, and the, but that's in the rules. Like, doesn't that, isn't that contradictory a little bit? No, I think you're understanding it wrong. Oh. He's saying that they're trying to contradict the rules or they interpret the rules another way by thinking that if you play for a while cleanly. Oh, sorry. He shall not be considered. Yes. Okay. So I, I did read that wrong. Or basically what this is saying is your past history always matters. Yes. Which we know. Yes. So he's trying does. to say like, oh, well, these other guys have played and cleaned for a while, a.k.a. the Tom Wilson. Mm. He said, Mr. Wilson's record provides the closest analog to Mr. Codger's record, which is kind of true. They're it very similar. They've been suspended a lot of times. And the number of head-related suspensions for Mr. Wilson, four at the time, led to a 14-game suspension in 2018, mm -hmm. as discussed above. Mr. Wilson thereafter played suspension-free for a longer period of time than Mr. Kadri did. More importantly, his fifth suspension for seven games, which was on the Carlo hit, yep. simply did not involve an, as an egregious or clear-cut violation as his prior violations. Or as Mr. Kadri's violation here. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we're saying that he was suspended for 14 games. He came back. He had a hit that wasn't as bad as the one you did, and we gave him seven for it. Yeah. That's why you're getting eight, because your hit was worse. Interesting. And then a Kadri is a, is appealing again. I did hear that. So it's yeah. going to an arbitrator now. What's the point? Just sit out. I think it, like... Appa I don't know. How many games have gone by that he's uh, now, I missed guess, now? Uh, uh, let me retract that statement. He's losing money here. He doesn't care about the money. I don't. Does he? I don't think so because it's not contract money. The season is over. He got paid his contract. But, these, but he, this is bonus. There, there money. are bonus. I don't know what the bonus money is for each game in the playoffs. Though. I think it must be I don't, significant. I don't think it is. Though. I think if you win, you get a nice little chunk of change. But I, I think the regular. I think it's just something. I know you get more money based on what round you're in. We got to look into this at some point because this is the second time we talked about it. And we don't I, know. I don't know if it's public knowledge. I'm gonna tweet John Shannon. And see if I <laughs> John Shannon. If you're out there, I'm gonna tweet you and hopefully get an answer. But so if it goes to it, it's gonna go to an independent arbitrator who has. Nothing to do with hockey. It's just going to be a guy. And it's going to be someone that they both agree on together. Yeah. And whatever he says is it. You can't there appeal. You NHL can't deny. So if he says, yep, five games, and he's already served five games, he's back next game. By the time this is done, I think eight games. That is why this process takes so long is because it is yeah. designed to not work. Unless yeah, you are exactly. really, <laughs> like Tom Wilson's 14 games, maybe he could have blocked clawed back a couple of those, but I think his eight games are going to be done by the time this is yeah, done. Yeah, that's like a lot of warranty claims are like that. Yeah. Like, you might have warranty, but is it really worth going to the time and effort <laughs> yeah. to replace a specific thing? Yeah. Probably not. You just go buy a new one. Yep. Depending on what it is, obviously. It's like my, last night, my, did I tell you how my iPad died last night? What do you mean it died? Okay, so I couldn't turn my iPad on last night. I was like, hmm. I was using it the night before and it worked fine. This I've only had it for four months an iPad Air yeah. 4. First Apple product I've bought in, since my iPhone 3G. Inexpensive. Very expensive. It was $800, $900. It was yeah. $897 with tax. So anyway, I'm like, hmm, that's pro. This is four months old and it's not working already. So anyway, I went on to the Apple support site or whatever and I was looking for like a live chat thing to talk to someone and they were showing their RMA process. They said, if you have Apple Care, which I don't, $49 to fix it. If you do not have Apple Care to fix this, Seven hundred dollars, 
it was $80 cheaper to fix it than to go buy a new one. But I think you have one year. I do have one year. Oh, yeah. But the but yeah, you're right. I end up talking to a support guy and pff, intense. Let me tell you that. Intense so, good or so, intense bad? So the guy's like, the first guy I talked to says, let's try booting into rec- a recovery restart or something like that. So you do like volume up, volume down, power button, and that should force it to restart. As soon as I did that, the screen came on mm-hmm. and it was like slide to restart. It was like, heck no, cancel. I was like, way to go, buddy. You brought it back up in chat. Go turn the screen off. It won't turn off. Whoa. I was like, okay. So then it times out on its own and I go to turn it back on. It won't turn it back on again. So I do the volume up, volume down, power on. It comes back on again. So I open up another chat and say, listen, I think my power button's not working. Like I can't turn on or off my screen Wow. because it just won't work. The only way I can get my screen to come back on is to do the, the thing. And the guy's like, hmm, I've heard of this problem before. I'm going to install an update onto your laptop, into your iPad. He's like, try it now. Click, it comes on. <laughs> no way. So he used my serial number and remotely installed an update on my iPad. That's creepy. That's what Reed said, or that's what Sorbet said. Or I was talking to some of our friends, and I, I told them about it, and they are like, I didn't know they could do that. And I was like, neither did I. That is Like, I'm a generally tech-savvy kind of dude. I don't know anything about Apple stuff. Yeah. Generally, no, don't like Apple stuff, but iPads Pro. I don't understand. So I'm like, okay, so should I be nervous here? This is, this problem's going to creep back up again. He's like, nope, this update solves it for most people. Okay. Amazing. Now, if you had to give me that update, why isn't that in just like a general update that everybody has? That's like, right. Yeah. But the fact that he could send me a direct thing and I was talking to him through my computer. I wasn't on my iPad doing the support. I was on my computer. Just by the serial number. And I had to type in the, the super long serial number that's engraved on the back. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I went off at a tangent there, but I just wanted to say like in that's terms of- in terms of warranties, like literally, if you have an iPad for more than a year, it's seventy dollars cheaper to get it fixed rather than just go buy a new one. So you might as well spend the extra seventy bucks and go buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. Which is probably <laughs> why they use that price. Yeah. All right, that was a huge off-topic thing, but I like off-topic things. Yeah, some creepy. people probably don't. I like it. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about a couple off-season surgeries. Yeah, surprising. Oh, not really surprising, but interesting. I, kind of surprising for me because I forgot about them. I forgot about one of them for sure. Yeah. I forgot about Malkin's. Did you? Yes. Okay. I did. So I'm going to talk about Malkin first. So he underwent successful surgery on his right knee that was injured in against Boston on March 16th. Um, so it was actually performed by the team's head physician. Do you find that intense? No. See, I do. But now I understand these team doctors are like the cream of the crop. Like these are really good people. Yeah. Like the, I only know this because I'm a Canadians fan and the Canadians doctor is like considered the best in the entire NHL and even it bleeds into other leagues like he is the man his name is Dr. Mulder I think okay like he is a genius and really he's been, he's been the team doctor for decades I think he's the man that's the only reason I know this so, so does he do other stuff in addition to the team or is he just focused on the team he's just the team doctor that's if I'm intense. not mistaken that's yeah intense. he's the man we're into the man being just a guy that follows a team and might not have to do most days yeah but I don't I don't know he probably doesn't do any all Surgeries like if it's an orthopedic surgery, no, like a broken right. bone or something, you might not do that. But, th- but this was just something that obviously their own team doctor could do. Yeah, and they also um, he also worked with Freddie Fu, Doctor Freddie Fu. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. But I thought it was a cool name. That yeah, is a cool of name of UPMC Sports Medicine. <laughs> um, the biggest news is that uh, Mulkin's not expected to be available for training camps in September. Significant, yeah. and they're hoping they'll have a better time frame in September for when he will be back. So it could be a while. Hmm. I don't know. So he was playing injured. A little bit. Absolutely. Which kind of explains some stuff. It does. It does indeed. Yeah. Uh, and then Max Domi, um, former Canadian. Yes. And I, I I didn't realize that he was planning on getting surgery. Yeah. Maybe he, I missed that. He went uh, under, underwent successful surgery on Thursday to repair a labral tear of his right shoulder. 
and it was uh, performed by Dr. Peter Millett at Stedman Clinic in Vail, Colorado. And he just revealed to the team last week that he had the problem. So they weren't even aware of it until last week. Oh, really? Yeah. So they did an, uh, an investigation. And after he said he had some discomfort in his shoulder and the subsequent examination revealed the lateral tear. And he's expected to make a full recovery in five to six months. So he also will not be back for training camps. That's He'll a be significant recovery time. Yeah. Five or six months. That's half a year, yo. I mean, I broke my ankle <laughs> and I couldn't walk for, I think it was two and a half months or something like that. And by month five or six, I was starting to get back. Like that's a that's a long time. Yep. For that, like that's I just I know they're completely different, but yep. for a shoulder, I just would have expected maybe just because of it's just vulnerable, I guess maybe, yeah. and because f- hockey's physical, that it has to be able to take a certain amount of mm. beating. Interesting. Mm. All right. Normally, well, normally when we flip this many pages, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. We're halfway. Okay. I have a ton of notes. Another two pages this about the Canadians be. Leafs game seven. Now it sucks. One thing that sucks about this podcast is sometimes a week can seem like forever ago. Yeah. Like I can't believe we're talking about Canadians Leafs game seven when it feels like that's been over for a while now. That happens. Was it Sunday night? Yeah. So it's been six days as we're recording this seven days as you hear this. Yeah. But it feels like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like we're Montreal's already played two games in the next series. Yeah. And the like next, this, their third game's tomorrow. Like, I think. Yeah. But we have to talk about this. I've talked about it. The goats talked about it. You've not talked about it. Okay. We've not talked about it. I wrote down my key points on page one. I love it. I'm so page, excited. Page one is bullet points. And I broke it down into teams. Now, I'm going to go with Canadians first. Okay? okay. My first point is Carey Price MVP is literally what I wrote. <laughs> I thought he played awesome he in game five to seven. I thought in game seven, Toronto didn't push him that hard, though. The thing about Carey Price is 95% of his saves look like easy saves did you see such a good position did you see the comment that the reporter asked him last night after the after the win heard about going through games like tonight where your team only has one goal and you have to ensure that you have to keep the puck out as best as you can for 60 minutes what's that like it's fun it's fun that's how he said it (laughs) that tone everything he goes it's fun (laughs) no smile no it's amazing (laughs) It's fun. <laughs> like, just as nonchalant as possible. Like, this guy it has ice in his veins. He does not care. The pressure does not get to him at all. Do you remember when he punched Kreider in the back of the head with his blocker? It was a couple of years after Kreider ran into him in the playoffs and injured his knee. And punched I out don't, but I probably remember if I've seen it. I don't know if it's the next season or the season after. Kreider was in his crease, and Price took his blocker. He <laughs> smoked him in the back of the head with the blocker. Really? And they asked him about it after the game, and he said... I didn't know who it was. <laughs> no way, really. And they said, "Are you sure you didn't? You, like it was caught, like you didn't see the, the the nameplate or whatever? Didn't know who it was." <laughs> That's awesome. I love those <laughs> interviews. Yeah. All right. So, um, I thought Corey Perry played really well. I'm telling you, man, Corey Perry is the man. Yep. He gets was... so much hate, and I'm not no. saying he shouldn't because he has done some dirty things. But as a player, as an elderly player in the NHL, incredible. Yeah, like he's number two in my bullet points. I love Corey Perry. He's number two after Carey Price. He had two goals and two assists in the series. Yep. That's what you that's what you want him for. That's Corey Perry is the exact type of player that the Toronto Maple Leafs needed. And they said no to, and they got Wayne Simmons instead. Yep. True. Look what happened? True. I thought the three kids were important. Yes. So Caulfield, one assist, OT winner. Dude needs to shoot more though. Um Kok and Yemi, three goals, and Suzuki, two goals, two assists. Heck yeah. Do you know the uh stat on Kok and Yemi? No. 
He needs one more goal, one more playoff goal to have the same amount of playoff goals as Wayne Gretzky and Sidney Crosby before the age of 21. Whoa. <laughs> That's an odd stat. There's something, I, I may have gotten that wrong just a little bit, but that is potentially doable. That's very doable. Yeah. Um, I thought, and we're, again, we're just, these are my key points. I thought Montreal leaned extremely heavy on their four defensemen. I think it was game six where Sherratt and Weber each played above 35 minutes, I believe. Yeah. And then there was, it was Kulak and Merrill, maybe, or Kulak and Gustafson, who played six, seven It was minutes. like six minutes and change, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of gamesmanship as far as coaching going on yeah. in Ducharme. And overall, I think they did a really good job defensively against Toronto's big guys, did. which I don't think they're getting enough credit for. Like, Phil- there, there are players, I can't remember who this was. I don't, was it Evans or it might have been someone else? Um, they were saying like, you know, what they were asking Gallagher in one of the post game interviews, like, you know, what does this guy mean to the team? And I think he only had one point in the series and like, this guy is everything. Like he is out there preventing plays. Like everything he's doing does not show up on the stat sheet. It's probably to know. Might've been to know. Yeah. He, if you look at the, the, uh, what's that, what's it called? The, the something score that the line, the line score or something. No, the the Corsi. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Phillips knows Corsi is not great. Yeah. And like he was, he was on the ice for a lot of, Scoring chances against Montreal. He's really good in the face-off circle, and he's really good at at shutting down specifically players. But it takes him away, and it makes him look bad. If you if you really deep dive deep into the actual advanced stats, yeah, to know he doesn't look good, really. But he does make an impact on the ice. Yeah. So it to know was a big reason that Montreal did well shutting. So that's down. like an eyeballs versus stats kind of thing. Yeah. Kind yeah. Okay. Here's my key points for the Leafs, and I do have a couple more <laughs> than I do have for the. Okay, so the first one is they lost John Tavares in, in game one, which a lot of people are blaming as the reason why they lost the series, but they won the next three games after he got hurt. You cannot use that as an excuse. You cannot you use can't. that as an excuse. You just factually So yes, can't. that is a big loss. I will not deny it. I will not deny the fact that if he would have stayed, and Mitch Marner's getting a lot of hate. We're going to get into that. I think that's on page two. But he even said, if you threw this series into a random generator, 90 times out of 100, the Leafs are winning this series. Yep. With the same group they have right now. Like, everyone's like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do next year? How are we going to change things? You could just come back with the same group and you could win. Like, Yeah, you could just make just a couple of adjustments and you you might do okay. Yeah. Like, you just might. Like, for all intents and purposes, you should have won. Like, there's no reason you shouldn't have won. We're going to get into that later. This is the key point. So I, I put as my second point, these are my points, not yours. <laughs> Marner and Matthews failed the team with their lack of production. They absolutely did. And I understand that Deneau was there and other players were there shutting them down. Right. Marner was invisible. Yes. And, and not even was he invisible. He was, a, he was a liability to the team. He wasn't just invisible. He was he was playing for the Montreal Canadiens yep. that way. Yep. He was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he terrible. had one of those bad turnovers that led in a, into a goal. But this is this is a this is a, seems to be a, a trend in the playoffs for it's these a, players. Yes. And that's the problem. We'll get into that, though. I thought that Toronto's depth came to play. I thought Jason Spezza was amazing. Jason, Jason Spezza was the Corey Perry of Toronto, and then some. Jason Spezza was your best player. I think so. Maybe outside Jack Campbell. He had three goals and two assists on a $700,000 contract. Do you know who Tor- the Toronto Maple Leafs pay more than Jason Spezza? Yes, because you told me. <laughs> Tell everyone else. The Toronto Maple Leafs pay Phil Kessel more money than Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza makes... 700 and something. It's league minimum. I league minimum, I'm pretty uh, sure. They're paying through salary retention 1.2 million to Phil Kessel <laughs> again next year as well. So just 
Think about that. Yeah. Your best player was with Jason Spezza, and you're paying Phil Castle more, and he doesn't even play for you. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Stat. He hasn't played for you for a while. Yeah, for like three years now. Or whatever. Um, it's been four years. I thought Nylander had a great series. I thought he was one of Toronto's best players, maybe number two right after, like if we're talking about players, not goalies. Yep, I thought he did really well. Um, I thought he put a lot of the naysayers to bed where because Nylander's been getting a lot of hate ever since he, you know, when he signed his contract, he sat out till December trying to get trying to get his it's money. Deal. And he got he he had a you know, a maybe rightfully so hate train on him for not playing. You can't say that this series. Nope. He played he played really well. Absolutely. He proved his worth in a way. Um they never led in the series in a game after game four. So from game five, six, and seven, never ever had a lead. That's Montreal has not Montreal has had a lead in the last five games they've played. Yep. And they've never been down in the last five games. That's crazy. Um, another key point is they failed to start on time and we're always playing catch up. Yep. They even mentioned this in their post games. Like, you know, we got to come out. This is the playoffs, guys. Like, you can't come out slow. They said that after every game. Like, it's ridiculous. You can't say that after every game. Yeah. And then I have as my last uh, point is I thought Jack Campbell played great. The Gallagher goal in game seven was horrible. It's definitely the worst goal he left in. But... As we said on the last podcast, Jack Campbell's not the reason you lost us. He played fantastic. It was, and it's really difficult to watch his post-game press conference. Did you see it? We talked about this before. We said this is a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve and things get to him. Yeah. And he came out and talked. So they had their media availabilities, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Tuesday or uh, Wednesday? Tuesday. It wasn't Wednesday. So okay, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. So, like, the coach came out, GM came out, president yeah. came out. But the players also talked, too. Jack Campbell brought that goal up without being asked about it. Mm. It's still on his mind. He's almost in tears. Yeah, it's still on his mind. Like I'm not talking about the one after the game. That was the one he was crying at. The one two days later when he came out and talked, when he wasn't crying, he brought that goal up and said that I got to stop that goal. So that's eating him. Yeah. So he He's going to sit on that all summer long. He said it was the worst goal of his career. I think. Yeah, he did. he did. No offense to Jack Campbell, and I'm pretty sure we could go back in his history and find a worse goal. But <laughs> yeah. It was a bad goal. It was a bad goal when you needed a save. Yeah, that was a big moment. Um, but again... That's not why the Maple Leafs lost. No. So Jack Campbell shouldn't be blamed. He shouldn't blame himself. I'm not blaming him. You're not blaming him. 98% of the fans aren't blaming him. No. It's the rest of the team. And it's disappointing for him, too, because he was a guy that wasn't necessarily supposed to be in that position, yeah. and he got the chance, and the team let him down. Yeah. So he's he's disappointed at letting the team down when, in fact, it should be the team being disappointed. Yeah. Because who knows if Jack Campbell's going to be your number one next year? He might. There's still the Frederick Anderson conversation. Frederick Anderson is gone. I don't know how he's not gone. 100%. All right. I have some debate questions. I love debate questions. And the category for all of these debate questions is where do the Leafs go from here? Okay. So they're all related to that. So I'm going to ask you, Neil, who is to blame for this loss? Players, coaching staff, GM, a combination. Whose fault is it that Montreal is playing Winnipeg right now and not the Leafs? Uh, if you had asked me this question right after, I would have said the players, not the GM. Mm-hmm. Now my answer is every one of them. Okay, <laughs> The players, obviously, as we just discussed, not to discuss that again, the coach, Sheldon Keefe was extremely stubborn and okay. said he doesn't care about matchups and he's going to play the boys whenever he wants to play the boys. Yes. Well, sorry, that backfired on you. So you lost that gamesmanship. And then Kyle Dupas, who thought that he brought in the right players, and on paper, you know, it looks pretty good. But clearly, bringing in Wayne Simmons was not the right answer. Giving up a first for Felino was not the right answer. I think Felina was injured. I'll say that. So I don't think we got 100% Felina. No, he was totally injured. So that's obviously maybe unavoidable. I can't necessarily blame Dubas for that. But still, the right players weren't there. Maybe on paper they were. 
but emotionally, I don't think that they were they were there. I think there were still some deficiencies on on the defense See, as well. This is where I maybe disagree with you a tiny bit, but not totally. I blame the players first because they didn't show up. I agree. Like I said, I also blame Sheldon Keefe, the coach, because he didn't make adjustments to to um, what Toronto or Montreal was doing. Their power play sucked, and he never adjusted. He never tried anything mm-hmm. different. He never tried moving Nylander or whoever or Math or Marner up and down lineups to try to get players going. It's like it's like Marner wasn't going, but let's just leave him where he is. Did you see what he did to Riley? No, he took him off the power play for some of the, some of the games. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, like. Yeah, I thought I thought Sheldon Keefe had a bad series. I really did. Yeah. Now, in terms of the GMs, I I maybe I've come around to this in a little bit, but I did not think that you could put this blame on the GMs. And I even mentioned this on our last podcast. I said, I said Kyle Dubas has come out in the last three years and took responsibility for the failure. And I said, I don't see how he does that this time because everything he did worked. They were by far the best team in the regular season. You have Mitch Mariner and Austin Matthews both being top five for points. Austin mm-hmm. Matthews, a goal scoring machine. He brought in goaltending. He brought in depth. He brought in toughness. Now, Joe Thornton, I don't know. Wayne Simmons, I don't know. Wayne Simmons had some good games in the regular season that got them pumped up. Yep. But for whatever reason, that doesn't translate to playoffs when it should have. Now, I don't know if that's the GM's fault or not. This was your star players that did not show up. Yeah. So how does how do you as a GM avoid that? I don't think you can bring other players in to make Mitch Marner and Matthews do better. No, I agree with that 100%. I agree. Like they were talking in their in their press conference on Tuesday about how they don't are they lack killer instinct. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you give a player killer instinct? That's not done through a trade. Yeah, you I, either have it or you don't. Like can you teach it? Maybe. That's a coaching thing. Would you have made the exact same decisions that uh Kyle Dubas made prior to the season. Yes, I would. I, would I thought too. he did well. I thought he did. Like, I, I don't blame Kyle Dubas for this. Like, this I, is un, you, this is unforeseen. I said before the season, like, I can't change my mind now that I've seen the outcome. I said before this series happened, they shouldn't even play these games. So Toronto should just go to the second round, and Montreal should go golf because <gasps> there's no point of playing this. We forgot to paint this logo on your face. <gasps> we did. <laughs> Oh no! Everyone was looking forward to it too. We totally forgot, people. Oh, this is legitimately no. not planned. We totally forgot. You're even wearing the Boston stuff. Okay. Okay, we're gonna have to do a makeup. Uh, we'll just have to remember next weekend. Okay. We have to. We totally forgot. I completely forgot. I'm so sorry. We are legitimately not trying to cover this up. It's probably because we're filming on a Saturday and we switch up the schedule and there's the ten Kinda. pages of notes. Yeah. That's true. No you did, excuses, though. Because you did say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Can we film it tomorrow? So we're doing it today. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I think you have to blame Kyle Dubas, though. Like, I I'm, I would have made the exact same decisions that he would have made. But at the end of the day, they were the wrong decisions because Wayne Simmons didn't really show up in the playoffs. Joe Thornton was but invisible. But if you were to throw that in the blender and win 95 out of 100 in a simulation, are you really wrong that... Like, that's like saying... But no, no one showed up, though, in those last three games. Not only Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews didn't show up. Jason Spezza showed up. Okay, other than Jack Campbell and Jason Spezza, <laughs> there was no one else who really showed up. So, a part of me has to blame Kyle Dubas. Now, of the three players, coach Kyle Dubas is way down here. Okay, I'll agree with that. But I'm not going to say. Blame him some. Okay, I can't not blame. I'll him. give him a five percent blame. That's okay, what I'll do. Let's. I'll agree. On I'll that. say. Okay, because you're right. At the end of the day, the team he put together didn't get the job done, and ultimately that comes back on him. But. 
he has the right to be extremely disappointed in the way his players performed. hundred percent. He gave them what they needed. And this was the year. Mm-hmm. This was the year. This next was year, you got to go back through these guys. You got to go through the Bruins. You got to go back through Tampa. You're not going to have it as easy yeah, next year. It's, this is the, this is the gift. This was, this year was a gift. Look where they ended in the season. Look how bad the North division. Look how, look where they ended in the division. I mean, look, look how bad the division was. It was the worst division. And they dominated it. Yes, they did. They dominated it. Yes. The Montreal Canadiens wouldn't even be in the playoffs if we were in normal a uh, normal year. I think Dallas had more points than yes, Dallas the, and New York. The Rangers. Yes. Montreal wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yes. Now they're in the second round, second. leading Winnipeg two games and yeah, they go to conference finals, maybe. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Toronto? Uh do you know what's awesome is this was one question of my bunch that I have on here. Epic. Okay, next one. If you were Kyle Dubas, what changes do you need to make this offseason to try to improve the club's performance in the playoffs? Would you trade one of your core players, such as Mariner? Yes. Ooh, which one would you trade? Only because I'm real stubborn and critical, and I I don't have patience. I would, I would not be a good GM because I don't have patience. And I think you're right. If they come back next season, if they're basically the same same lineup, they'd probably do pretty good. I and think they, they might I, actually win. I think like, they are coming back with the four. But I'm real stubborn, and I want results. So I'd be like Mitch Marner. It's been fun, <laughs> but you gotta go. See, the intense thing for this is. You've only got three years left on Austin Matthews' contract. Austin Matthews. So you can only play the let's try, let's try, let's yes. try game so many times. Like it's not like McDavid out in Edmonton where you've got a bunch of years and you're like, because you got to bet on your players. You got to bet on the players that, like, you have a lot of skilled guys. You got to just hope they get the job done. Like we have the guys that get it done. Mm-hmm. But you've only got three more years guaranteed to get this done. And then he can walk if he wants to. And he's probably going to. I don't know if he does or not. I, I don't think he wants to play in Toronto. I think that's why he only signed the three years. Five, five years or five years, yeah, two years, three years left, or whatever it is. <sighs> I think he signed the five years because he knew he'd get more money if he waited, but that's not going to work out now because of the oh, that's true the contract. Yeah, but, you might you might be right there. Yeah, but it is something they have to like they they've got a couple years and they've got to start worrying about either re-signing him or getting rid of him. So the window is still open, obviously, but it's know. not like you have this endless time. Yeah, to I don't. Get it done. I don't know who you replace him with. Jack Eichel. Who? <laughs> Marner. <laughs> A lot of people were saying to to replace him with Jones. Uh, yeah, I did see that quite a bit, actually, because Seth Jones wants out. There's no way you're getting rid of any of those four. And they've already said that they're not. Yeah. Now, whether that's posturing or not, but I don't know. Kyle Dubas gave them all the verbal guarantees that he wouldn't trade them, so. I think Kyle Dubas, and it wasn't Kyle Dubas, or it was Kyle Dubas. Whoever said it doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure Toronto said that they weren't interested in John Tavares before they got John Oh, Tavares. really? So. I don't know. It's the same thing with uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Bergevin said that he wasn't going to trade Subban. Yep. And then, like two Bam. days later, he traded Subban. Yeah. So definitely remember that. I don't trust anyone. Um, why do you think Marner performed so badly in the playoffs? He played amazing in the regular season. All in the head. Is all that, emotional. Okay. Too Expl- much pressure from the market. Way too much pressure from the market, from the Toronto media, from the expectations of of trying to finally get the monkey off the back and and, and ruin this trend and actually win a f- playoff series. For the first time since 2004, there's just so much pressure. I think he, it just crumbled. Too critical of his own play as well. Yeah, and he's been getting a lot of heat really ever since he signed his contract because they're saying, you know, you're a local boy. You need to take a discount to stay with the team. I I want to say something. I really like Mitch Meyer as a person. Oh, like as dude, a, this as guy a genuine, does as a human. He does charity work that none of you people out there have heard yeah. him doing. I love Mitch Meyer. Yeah. I, I don't like talking. And he's getting hammered too. Like, do you see all the fake stories that came out about yeah, him? Yeah, I did. Like, one was like he was golfing on Tuesday. Like, yeah. no, he wasn't golfing on Tuesday. And then another one came out saying that um, he wouldn't change his position on the power play unit, which 
could have only come like I was listening to Elliot Friedman talk about this and he denied the story because, you know, it makes him sound like a bad teammate. But Elliot Friedman's like, the only way you're getting the story is if you're talking to someone in the team, because only internal people would know this, which means that Mitch Marder now has to think that someone in the team is talking bad about him behind yeah. his back to reporters. Yeah. So he's getting it from the fans. He's getting it from someone in his own organization. I I feel really I feel bad for him. But it's I tough in terms of a mental time. health perspective. Like, yeah, yes, you know, this guy is a yeah. he makes eleven million dollars. The world is his ocean. I get that. Like, I get that. But he's still a dude. He's still a kid. So you got to remember that, too. Yeah, he's still human. Um, why did the Leafs' success in the regular season not translate to success in the postseason? Again. Like, why are they so good in the regular season and cannot get it done in the playoffs? I think because in a normal team in the playoffs, ups their game. They save a little bit of energy. They put in a little bit more effort. And the Toronto Maple Leafs put all that effort into the regular season. Do you think they're entitled? Look good, yes, a little bit. I think you're right. Just a little tiny bit. I think they're entitled. These guys, you know, they're young. They came in. They got paid before they did anything. Specifically, Matthews. Yeah, I think like Like Matthew. Remember that play behind the net? Matthews is smiling. Just about to mention that. Yeah, that's a bad look now. Like he's smiling and laughing and stuff, which is great. I actually thought that was funny. I kind of liked that he did that. It was all downhill after that, wasn't it? But man, you got to show some grit, some determination, get physical, and fight back. Like actually fight back instead of laughing at someone let's 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 go yeah let's talk, toss some knuckles yeah like, let's let's show your team that you're into this yeah so i hope we see that next year from matthews yeah um last question is jack campbell your starting goalie going next year or are you looking for a starter in the offseason we already know that they're going to be looking for a goalie it's whether or not they're looking for a backup or a starter or at least someone to challenge for the starter because i don't think anderson's come back i think most people think that he's done so are you comfortable with Jack Campbell being your full-time? He's never played full-season games. Like, are you comfortable giving him, I don't know, 65 games? Or are you looking for someone that potentially could come in as a backup but is also good enough to challenge for that position? That's uh, that's a difficult question to answer because goalies go on streaks. Yeah. And Jack Campbell is on a streak. See, I, 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 heard, I think my playoff observation of Jack Campbell has improved my opinion of him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was that good in the regular season. He was okay. He went he had on, really he, good stretches. He went on a 10 game win streak, but I didn't think he played good. in there was games. He let four goals in during that game. The like they, was, they outscored his mistakes. The team in front of him. Was yes. Amazing. Also Montreal Canadians, not the best defensive team. <laughs> no, that's right. So. But in the playoffs, he played great. He did. So if, if you can get, you know, 90% to all of that on average, I think he's fine as a starting goalie. You know what name I heard? Cam Talbot. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Cam Talbot and Jack Campbell. <laughs> Two very hot goalies from this year, but also a little inconsistent. Mm. So it could be interesting, but there's also the possibility that Talbot will go to Seattle yeah. in the expansion draft. So there's it's going to be an exciting offseason. There's so much going on. But I okay. don't know. I don't know. How, I guess at the end of the day, I still don't know how to answer your question. It's, I feel very conflicted. I I don't know what I would do. I honestly don't know either. I probably I don't know who the goalie should be, and I don't know necessarily how you fix this team. Like I if, I, if I I'm the GM, try again. If I'm, that's what I would do. But you know, the fans are rabid right now. Like like me, I'm impatient. So if I was the GM, I'd probably try and trade <laughs> Marner. But I think the right thing to do, stay the course. Again. Yes. Yep. Okay, I have a question that I want to ask the viewers slash listeners. Oh, I like so it. So you can leave this in the comments on YouTube. 
And if you feel like emailing me, if you're an audio listener, <laughs> go ahead. Podcast at postpostshow.com. Send me an email. If you, if you have to let off some steam, go ahead. Heck yeah. I want to ask you guys, as Toronto Maple Leafs fans, Uh-oh. is this Game 7 loss to Montreal worse than the collapse to Boston in 2013 for you? I'm not saying in general. I'm saying when you watched Boston do that 4-1 comeback, sorry to laugh, in 2013 <laughs> versus losing Game 7 to Montreal, which one hurt more? If you were a Leafs fan, which would hurt more? Okay, so I was there for the Boston one. That was one of the most epic moments I've ever been in my life. You were there? No, I was watching it. I wasn't in the, oh, in the I arena. Oh, I think man, you were no, there. I was, like, man, no, I was, I was there as in I was there watching it. Oh. I, was, I experienced it. I was like, man, you were there. I my joy was only matched by the negative <laughs> reverse joy by the Leafs fans. <laughs> negative re- reverse joy is an amazing term. <laughs> yeah, like it was just the inverse of everything. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being a Leafs fan. From what I understand, this one is worse. I hear a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans saying that this one's worse. because this, Some people are saying that this one took a little chunk of their interest in hockey or the team away. Yes. They're not as interested to watch next year. Yeah, now. I heard a lot of people say that, actually. And I think it's because what happened with Boston was just an epic collapse of 10 minutes. Yes. And just, a lot of people are saying that that collapse was good because it told management that this was not the team to go forward exactly, with. Exactly. And yes. now you have this team, which yeah. is definitely a better team. Yeah. Losing to the losing to the Canadians right now, that doesn't do anything for you, unless it's, something major is going to happen, and then that turns you into a dynasty or something. I think this it's completely different if Toronto was playing Tampa Bay, or a, a, an actual good team other than Montreal. I'm a little hard on Montreal, but still, <laughs> if Tampa came back three one against Toronto, you'd feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. But because it's the Montreal Canadiens, yes. a team that probably shouldn't even have been in the yes. playoffs. And that team came back to you, a team that can barely score goals. There wasn't that one. Hurts. There wasn't one hockey analyst in Canada that predicted Montreal to win. Uh, there was a list posted. It was like this long, and every single one of them was Leafs in five, Leafs in six, Leafs in four. The closest person, I believe, was Eric Engels. He predicted Leafs in seven. Really? Yeah. And everyone <laughs> thought that he was crazy when he posted that, <laughs> and he was still wrong. <laughs> That's brutal. Amazing. So. I'm going to... Um, There's more notes. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're getting there. I'm going to leave the Toronto stuff there, but I want to say that I'm going to go easier on Toronto fans from now on. Okay. I've been pretty hard on them in this podcast because I like to watch them suffer. I really do. I do too. I don't anymore. I feel bad for them. I don't the anymore. I legitimately feel bad now. Yeah, because that shouldn't have happened. Like, I do not like that the media focuses on Toronto so much. Which yeah. it does, which is why most people outside of that market don't like the Leafs. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And the media people in Toronto understand that, but the market is so big that of course they're gonna they're gonna, you know, advertise or talk about them the thing that they're gonna milk the, it. Yes. Yeah. It's the biggest audience. Of course they're gonna do it. And I understand that. But they're now on the longest drought ever, I think, for losing or not having a Stanley Cup. Yes, they are. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. it's either the longest ever or the longest active now. Yeah, maybe that's it. I can't remember what it is, but that was a tough that was a tough loss. And I can't I like I like to poke and jab. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I say that, I probably will, but I've definitely I legi- stopped as much. They're kinda like Buffalo fans now. I legitimately feel bad for Buffalo fans. Like that's genuine. I absolutely feel for Buffalo. They got bad ownership there. I don't know what that team's doing. Hmm. I think Toronto has good ownership. I think Toronto has good management. For all 
reasons, they should have won this series, and they didn't. So, yeah, I feel bad for them as well. Yeah. So I'm going to lay off. Toronto fans, I feel for you. Now, now that, was, now that we're away from that, let's talk about the four series that are going on real quick. Oh, yeah. Actual hockey that's going on. Okay. So let's go on. Since we just were talking about Montreal, we'll just do Montreal Winnipeg first. Okay. So Montreal's up 2 nothing. Who's seen that coming? Not me. <laughs> I feel way better about Montreal playing Winnipeg than I did Toronto. Uh, just because Montreal and, and Winnipeg, they're very to- similar teams in a way. And Toronto was... Winnipeg was on that crazy losing streak at the end of the year. Like, yeah. they have flaws. And Toronto didn't show those flaws. Exactly. And I don't know. So Montreal has not trailed in its past five games. Yeah. And they're on their first five-game winning streak since 2017. <laughs> That's intense. Uh, it's the right time to get hot. But Montreal is, is, is even at their worst, Montreal is has always been, at least this year, a fairly okay defensive team. Yep. So if they can... They just can't score has been their problem. They just can't score. Yes. And they're playing Hellebuck. Although Toffoli's been doing a little bit better lately. He has. I think I thought Montreal has had some actually some really good chances in this series offensively. But Connor Hellebuck has yep. been keeping these games from being blowouts yep. in a way, which sounds crazy to say. Not the, I'm not expecting it from Connor Hellebuck, but because I'm not expecting the Montreal to be so offensively pushing. But Montreal's looked pretty good in the series. Carey Price has looked pretty good. Yeah, you know, he got shut out last game. Got shut out last game. Yeah, so and they only scored one goal, so played perfect. Had to play perfect. Yep. Um, so it's, it sounds like Dylan DeMello, DeMello likely won't be available for at least a week, according to Paul Maurice. Mm. That that kind of hurts a little bit. That could be the rest um, of the series. And then for my note here is Pierre Luc Bois needs to be better for Winnipeg. He's I think he's needed to be better all that season. That trade didn't work out for either team. No, no. It's been a a dud on both and I sides. I think it's up here as well. In line eight and in uh, and Pierre Luc like everyone was saying, like going into into last night's game, like you know we got Shifley out. This is the guy that needs to step up. All eyes are on him, and he he didn't have a good game. No, and he was maybe, just out coasting. It seemed like maybe he feels the pressure too, and maybe he'll settle in now that he's not playing it. No, no, not that there's fans. Yeah, a lot of fans or whatever. But you're in Montreal. Uh, you don't have the pressure of the Winnipeg fans there. Yep. Hey, maybe he performs a little bit better. So we'll see in Game Three. But they need to do something. I wonder how much the tickets for these games are going to go for. Oh, I don't even want to know. Do you think they're going to be more or less? I think they're going to be less. Oh, I think they're going to be more. Really? Because oh, I yeah. see, I would have thought the game six was a one-off. Like this is the one chance you have all year because it ain't coming back. Oh, after they're going to milk it. <laughs> because you want to know why? Because they were sold out instantly. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, okay, if these are people going to buy these tickets, uh, I think we could probably make some more money. Mm. But do you see what the Leafs did for with their fans though? Not, I don't want to talk about the Leafs again, but. They were uh, allowed to have a certain amount of fans in for that game seven, I think it was. Yeah, 500. Every single fan that entered the arena got a free jersey. Really? Yep. I thought that was amazing. And they were all nurses or healthcare uh, workers. Yeah. That Shout out to the Toronto Maple Leafs for giving away jerseys for every single person that came in. I thought, the, and whatever size they wanted as well. Fantastic. And if you want to send me a jersey, I'll hang it on that <laughs> net back there. I will literally hang that on the back with it. So Toronto Maple Leafs, there send me go. an email. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the Boston, New York series. Yeah. So Boston's up 2-1 right now. There's a game tonight, which means by the time you hear this tomorrow, it's either going to be 3-1 or 2-2. Yeah. Who are you cheering for in this series? Uh, I'm going to go for Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I figured from your entire. So the first game, Boston won 5-2. Um, New York won overtime 4-3. Game 2, and then Marchand scored in overtime for game 3. So it's been a very close series. I don't want to talk about it. Why? I'm pissed. Why? That was a dumb goal. It was a nice shot, though. It was, but it was just dumb. It was a goal that had to be stopped, but it was like a brilliant shot. But he was playing if so you, well in net. 
If you stood there and took that shot from that spot and tried to pick that corner, you ain't making that shot. But he, it's like the one. I don't uh, even, I don't understand it. And I'm just angry because that should have been a save. Yeah. But but it it was a nice shot. Like it was a perfect shot. I'm not saying it's not. Obviously, it's a perfect shot. I'm just saying. (sighs) But from that angle, that's positioning. Yes. You didn't, you weren't set. To, to stop that also probably wasn't expecting it from that angle and I don't even think Marshawn was expecting to score there because they were asking him after the game like you know what what about your goal he's like well he's like I don't really know they always tell you to take shots in overtime and I guess that one worked out for us so even he didn't he was just firing a puck on that he had no he had nowhere else to go he was super excited after he scored oh it dude it was like it almost looked like okay I'm not even gonna go there <laughs> it looked like the time they beat the Leafs in 2013 oh okay um so the series has been very good it's I've actually fit. really enjoyed this it's series. been physical um, I harp on the Islanders a little bit for being kind of a boring team to watch, but it's been a really fun series yeah. to watch. It's been more physical than you probably thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I anticipated it was going to be physical. I think I said that on the podcast. I mm-hmm. said, neither one of these teams really hate each other, but watch out. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's been good. There's been, there's been big hits like, like Carlos out now. McAvoy laid a big hit on someone there last game too. Like it's been good. Um, it's been a really even series. Yeah. The first game. Like, yeah. It's been a really enjoyable, even just good hockey to watch. There's been so many overtimes this playoffs. This is 21 or something crazy? It's like crazy. It was 18 at one point. I had in my notes and I had to delete it because there's been more and I haven't caught up it's to at what least, it was. It's at least 20. Which is insane. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Especially with the way the the brackets are going, too. Like, it's just like, huh? Like, some of these should be blowouts and some of these aren't. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. Like, parody. What parody? Yeah. Um. So, anyway, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the series. I think it's been good. Yeah, so um, that 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 game is on game four is on tonight. Yep, at eight fifteen hour time. So like I said, by the time you listen to this, I hope something major doesn't happen in this because we're a week away from talking about it. So if if the Boston Bruins win, then they play Carolina or Tampa, right? Mm, no, they're the gonna work? they're gonna play Colorado or Vegas. Oh no, no because Montreal won. Montreal, what if Montreal wins? Heck yeah! Oh, Tampa's scary though too. Yeah, Carolina, it, even yeah. no. It's scary no matter what. Who do you want to play? Do you want to play Tampa? Mm, not really. Do you want to play Colorado? Heck no. Do you want to play Vegas? Mm, heck no. Do you want to play Carolina? Mm, probably not. Whoever wins between Vegas and Colorado is the, has gotten the biggest gift of life yep. in that conference final against Winnipeg or Montreal. No offense <laughs> to Winnipeg and Montreal, but they're clearly not oh, the same Oh, no, place. 100%. Like, it's it's going to be a joke. 100%. Even if the Toronto Maple Leafs made it to the conference finals against... But the, uh, but if you, look well. at, if you look at league-wide standings, so I'm not talking like conference or division, I'm talking standings, You've got a one playing a two out there. Yeah. This should it's, be the Stanley Cup final. Ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah. Second round and the top two teams in the entire league are playing each other, which <laughs> just shows how crappy that division was too. Also on the yes, bottom end of it. That's true. All right. Tampa Bay, Carolina. This series has been kind of interesting because it's starting to get a little bit dirty. I find it is like Kucherov laid his shoulder into, I think it was Pesci. Um, it was outside of the play, and, and Pesci didn't like it. He got up and got in his face, and they asked about it after, and he's like, you know, I I thought it was a little kind of dirty and a little out of the play, but whatever, and I don't know. I think there's been some questionable refereeing in this series. What did you think about the overtime penalty? I thought it was pretty weak. The holding the stick. I thought it was pretty weak. So apparently... In, the, in an overtime. What a lot of people are thinking, it was Carolina was given a poor penalty in the regular time this is a makeup call. and this was a makeup call and some people say this is the the refs flexing they're like okay yeah. you guys don't like us not calling stuff in overtime but then when we call it in overtime you don't like it even more yeah 
So what do you want? Do you want no calls or do you want calls? It's because it's inconsistent from series to series. Yes. And that's the problem. I don't think that should have been a penalty, uh, but I'm really happy it was because I'm cheering for Carolina. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought that they were going to lose. Honestly, I thought they were going to lose. I'm like, oh, my God, Carolina's going to get 3 nothing to Tampa. There's no way they're going to win this series. Like, Carolina, I predicted you go to the damn finals, <laughs> and you're down 3 nothing against Tampa. I was, like, I, was, I was genuinely pissed, and then they scored. I'm like, heck, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the series has been so close. It's been one-goal games. Yeah. 2-1, two, 2-1, one, two, one, and 3-2, three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Really good 3-2 overtime. Dude, Vasilevsky? Oh, my God. Yes. Vasilevsky has been unbelievable. But Carolina, they went with Mrazek Yep. game three instead of N- N- uh, Nadelkovich. Yep. I, did, I didn't see that coming because I thought that Nadelkovich was been playing very well. Not that Mrazek. He's only let two goals in a game. Mrazek also played really well. In oh, game. yeah. Totally. So, who do you go for? With I, I Obviously, probably Mrazek based on the fact that he just yeah. won a game. But. Yep. Oh, yeah. You got to go with the hot goalie. Yeah. All right. Last series, Colorado and Las Vegas, probably the best series that's on right now. Oh, there's another, there's another page. Oh, yeah, we got another page. We're not done yet, folks. Uh, yes, man. Whew. I only watched that game that happened last night, Friday night, this morning. I missed it last night. Game three of that last game is the pinnacle of hockey. That place was electric. T- and there's T-Mobile. There's people in comments on websites that are saying, you know, I've been to 100 games season ticket holder mm-hmm. i have never heard the building louder than in that third period last game it was awesome i do i love that place it was just back to back like constant yeah like that's what you watch hockey for there. like you compare that to the winnipeg montreal series where montreal's just like setting up like traps and stuff it's like ugh, yeah this is like i know completely <laughs> you're not even watching the same game it's so enjoyable <laughs> and the fans too like when team scores everyone gets up out of their seat but in Vegas, everyone's turning around, <laughs> running up and down the aisles. Like it's a big, it's like a party. I love it there. Mm-hmm. I miss it. Um. So, do we say Colorado's up two one? I don't even think we said that. We just, uh, we didn't actually. So Colorado's uh, up two one. Colorado's up two one, but they're lucky to be up two one. As far as I'm concerned, the first game was first game was an absolute blow. It was seven a, to one. It was I a thought. Clinic. I thought, wow, they are gonna wipe the floor of Vegas. I didn't think Vegas stood a chance. I thought five games, you're gonna be done. After that first game, it's like, man, there's no way. Yep. There's no way. But then Colorado, they really kind of faltered in that. Oh, yeah. I think game. even game two. Yeah. Game two, Vegas was the better team. Yep, I agree. Um Yeah. Grubauer. Heck yeah, Group Hour. Group Hour is amazing. Okay, folks. That is a Google Home. <laughs> Just <laughs> Does it, does, does it think Grubauer is... Hey, Grubauer. Hey. Okay, it didn't work that time. I'm glad it didn't because this would have been real bad. I'm not editing this either. You know what? You guys get to listen to that Google that's Home right. talk and just see our look on our faces when that... I don't know why that's plugged in down here. We never use that down here. We've literally never used that. Also, that scared me yeah. tremendously bad because I was not expecting a lady to be behind me. Um, Grubauer, unbelievable. He is the only reason Colorado is in this. Some of the saves that he's been making, even in game two, like... 100%. Out of this world. Yep. Saves. And he got a Vesna nod. Yes, he and did. And people, people were like, huh? <laughs> now you see. There you go. Now you see on the big stage, everyone gets to appreciate it. Yep. Heck yeah, Grubauer. I Grubauer. love it. Shout out to Grubauer. Um, so game three, Vegas outshot Colorado 42 to 20. Colorado had 20 shots on net and expected to win. Mm. And uh, it's Colorado. The high, da- high In terms of the advanced stats, I have one. Okay. High danger chance is 14 to 4 for Vegas. That's significant. Yeah. That's a tilt. This is group hour. Yeah. And then I just 
Hmm. I have, like where I said, the, the building and the fans were electric and then a very stark difference to the Montreal-Winnipeg game because yeah, it absolutely was. And it, I don't even want to watch the conference finals. Even if Winnipeg moves on, it's just, I don't know. It's going to be it's it's going to be a downgrade. I'm going to feel bad for whoever is moves on from the Winnipeg Montreal series. I think yeah. This is going to be one of the best series we see in the whole thing. Yeah. This because is this I, is the, I think Boston Tampa could be good. I think Boston Tampa will be amazing. I think Tampa Islanders could be fine. Like I think there's history there too. I think there's matchups that can be good. <laughs> I agree with you though. I the the Winnipeg Montreal against whoever, Vegas or Colorado, that's a dud. <laughs> like, just waiting to happen. But you know what this leads into? If the stars align. Yes. Hypothetically, there's so much potential. Hypothetically, if Montreal goes on, we'll say it's Colorado. Montreal somehow beats Colorado. I like where this is going. This would and be great for this podcast. Somehow, Boston beats Tampa or Carolina. It's going to be Montreal versus Boston. <laughs> And this Stanley Cup How finals. intense would that be? And it'll never happen again. The ratings would be so good. Yeah. Like two original six, two teams that actually hate each other. Have had a rivalry for yeah. decades. This podcast would be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't even know how long this podcast. How long do you think this has been going for? Uh, I didn't look at the clock. I don't know. I have one last thing. To an hour and a half, I think. Okay. Well, I was going to skip this, but you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. So if you guys like long podcasts, and yeah, here you go. And if you don't like long podcasts, then I'm sorry, but mm. we had 10 pages of notes today. I want to ask you if highly paid players prevent team playoff success. I want to have a discussion on this. So okay. Pierre LeBron put out a tweet earlier this week. This was actually one of the first notes I put in these notes when I did them. So the Habs are the first team in the cap era to win a playoff round with a double digit AAV player on their roster. Which is price. So ever since the salary cap came into the league, any team or no team with someone who makes $10 million or more has made it to the first round. Which is a little bit of a deceiving stat because the first player to get more than $10 million, $10 million I think, was Carey Price back in 2015. I have no idea when he signed 15, that. Maybe not. But, I mean, the salary cap era has been in a long time. Yeah. Relatively. But the ten million dollar players. Ten million has only been this like little section at the end. I guess the the suitor and Prezies were slightly under ten, right? Yeah, it's like nine. Like nine yeah, okay. But it's still interesting that you have there's a fair amount of teams that have yeah ten million plus or close to ten million dollar players. I mean, you have the list here. Yeah, I'm gonna go through the list. I have sixteen players here. I'm gonna read them: Connor David, Panarin, Matthews, Carlson, Tavares, Doughty, Marner, Taves, Carey Price. That's the first person that's still in the playoffs. Kane, Kopitar, Bobrovsky, Eichel, Sagan, Ovechkin, and Ben. Every single one of those other players is not playing right now. So, but all these players, not not everyone here makes it above ten million. No, these are the these are the top sixteen paid yeah. players in order of salary. Yeah. So and out of the top sixteen highest paid players in the league, only one of them is alive, and he's a goaltender. Yeah, that's interesting though. So that gets back to my question. And Can you not have playoff success if you pay these people these big contracts? Well, here I will note this. Drew Doughty got his contract after he won a Stanley Cup. Yep. Jonathan Tays got his big contract yep. after he won a Stanley Cup. Same with Patrick Kane, same with Anze Kopitar. That's a big difference between the Toronto guys. Yes, big difference. So, But you're right. There's only one of the 16 still alive, and it's Carey Price, and he's a goaltender. Yep. So I don't necessarily know how to answer your original question. It's interesting. It is interesting. I think that's what I can say. It's interesting. I 
Like, and then here's a comparison. I have two. I have two teams with their first line. Oh, good, because I was about to mention Boston. Okay, so Boston has Marchand six point one two five, Bergeron six point eight seven, Pasternak six point six six. That entire line, the top line of the Boston Bruins, is nineteen point six million. Mm. And you've got players like Connor McDavid. What is he thirteen? Oh, I don't even know. He's, I know that I think he's thirteen. You got Matthews. Murder Matthews Murder, are about eleven. So, so the two of them are twenty two, just for the two of them. Yeah. Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon. I mean, his contract looks like a joke right now. It does. Six point three, Landis Cog five point five seven, and Ranton in nine point two five. They're twenty one million, so two million dollars more. Yeah. So again, Colorado's top line, especially with the last series, is absolutely crushing it. These playoffs, those three players are cheaper than having Matthews and Marner play together for that, Toronto. Like that's why I didn't like the McDavid contract. Like I. Obviously, it's Connor McDavid, but and he took a discount. They said, "Yeah, it was like twelve point some, almost thirteen million dollars, and it was a discount." He could have he because no players ever made the max. You're allowed what fifteen percent of the cap, or something yeah, like that, something like that. Yeah, but like I don't know. Like it, sure, sure, you're the best player in the world. You're entitled to that money, but at the same time, you have to have people around you that can get the job done. And especially now with this cap not going up, yeah. Whoo! I just thought it was a little selfish because a player like that could make way more than that just when sponsorships yeah. outside of that so i understand he's got to protect himself and whatnot but still because that's guaranteed money for a long time where a sponsorship might not be mm-hmm. they could drop you at any time yep if you say the wrong thing well yeah but it happens still, a lot lately <laughs> yeah but still yeah shot in the foot a little bit so anyway that's just something to that's it some food for thought while we end this podcast that's all the notes uh, once again, I apologize for not remembering the face paint thing. I was really looking forward to it. And I just I totally forgot. So we will try and implement that in next podcast. You'll have to put it in the notes maybe or something. The next one. Yeah. I have, to, I have to like when I race these, maybe I'll put it as the first bullet. Yeah. But that'll happen. And if you're not aware, maybe you're new. We made a bet that if the Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, that uh, Jason here, would, we would paint a Montreal Canadiens logo on his entire face. And he would. Win. It went from a face tattoo and all, now it's paint. Now it's paint. Yeah. Because it, it's just how it goes. Yeah. So. That was that was what you're missing out, unfortunately. But we'll do it. I promise we will do it. So, thanks guys for watching. I really appreciate it. Please leave us a review on iTunes uh, if you're watching or if you're listening to us over there through um, Apple, or if you're watching on YouTube, we'd love it if you could comment down below. Let us know your thoughts with the playoffs and all all the hockey news in the world. And hit the, hit the subscribe button as well. Hit the like button. All that stuff helps. Hope you guys are having a really good weekend. We'll talk to you real soon. Adios.